Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. Uh, this is your host, Greg Scott. And with me, as always, I've got my buddies. Jay Beaverton. And the Irish Giant. So this week's show, we are going to talk uh, about space and all the wonders of it. So just recently, SpaceX launched the uh, Dragon Capsule, the first commercial crew uh, from U.S. soil to the ISS. And like, uh, well, it's the first commercial crew. Almost 10 years since the shuttle program was discontinued. Yeah, so it's about nine-something change. Since we'll round it up to 10. 10, 10 sounds more. Why scary. not? It sounds sadder that way. Yeah, solid decade. Solid yeah. decade of paying the Russians. Yeah. A lot of Two. their launch. Couple. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this show's about beards, brews, and bourbons. We are going to start the show off with beards because it's the first B. So Jim found us an article from the Daily Beast. I did. And uh, it talks about, well, Jim, you want to talk about it? Of course, we all are just, we're, depending on where you live, we're kind of coming into another phase of the COVID-19 deal. And uh, a lot of dudes have been sheltering a place, and they really haven't, some of them have been furloughed, unfortunately, that's a sad thing. But they've kind of let their beards go a little bit long. And unfortunately, when you go out in public, you need, you probably, according to the CDC, you can choose whatever you, look, this, this is America, unless you're in a place, if you're in a state that doesn't mandate that you wear one, that's up to you, but they do recommend you wear a mask to cover your face, uh, preferably one with a filter. And unfortunately, if you have a beard that's pretty sizable and has some volume to it, you can't efficiently wear the mask. So you probably need to at least shave it down so where you, it could fit underneath your chin to give you that protection that you and others need. So basically, it's reasons why the, 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 the COVID beard, the quarantine beard, as they call it, needs to go. I had a quarantine beard. I, I recently. Uh, yeah, I see that. I do see that. Now I'm looking. Like, yeah, you, you have shaved it. <laughs> I did shave it. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Jim, because uh, my wife still hasn't said anything about it. Like, I don't know if she didn't notice or just oh. being polite and didn't say anything, but yeah, yeah, she's she busy a, with school, though. About a week ago, and uh, still no comments on it yet. So, funny. Hmm. interesting. Yeah, so I could see why you might want to trim down your, 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 your quarantine or your plague beard. Um, I was just thinking about it from a, a comfort issue. Like, I've been, so in Virginia, we're required to wear masks uh, outside in public spaces. So when you go to the grocery store, or beer store, or wherever, you have to have a mask on. And it's uh, summer's kicking in. It's getting a little warmer, and that mask is uh, not necessarily comfortable. And I'm not sure the beard helps it any, you know. Which the article talks a little bit about that. It also makes a reference to a mask like a bikini bottom, which I won't go into detail. But you, can, if you look up the article on Daily Beast, you can read it for yourself. And they make a comparison that is kind of gross. Yeah, again, you're saying it's getting hotter, and with the mask. Uh, if you do wear a mask and you haven't shaved the beard, it's it's just all over the outside of the mask. It's more efficient if you shave it so you or shave it at least down a little bit so you can put put a mask on or at least a face covering. There's because there's are plenty of face coverings out there now that have like the not like baklava, but they have like this whole kind of goes around your neck thing if you want to wear that. But it, it will be hotter, but it'll just you'll be more comfortable if you if you shave. I'm going to say just from my perspective as somebody as a healthcare worker who has to wear a mask that. Even the little bit of facial hair that I that I'm able to grow, if if it gets too long, it it's one, it's uncomfortable. Two, it breaks the seal, and mm. and three, it gets to the point where I'm just like it's either tickling me or it, or it's pushing the hair into my mouth, which the article also mentions. Um, and it's just really 
it's just you know and then you start getting like i don't get too gross but but the the part that's contained within the mask has been getting like a little uh moisture which then damages the mask so it it just depends on how how tight fitting everything is but i've I've just been trying to keep everything nice and trim because yeah it is kind of like a gross little petri dish under there with too much hair that's that's fair you know, make sure you wash it, I guess, frequently <laughs> since you're yeah. not getting sun exposure at all to it with, when you're outside. If you work in the deli or you work in any kind of food industry and you have a beard, beard net, you have a beard net, yeah. right? So I would imagine they have something similar to a beard net you could just use to uh, kind of keep it compact, compact, I guess. If you spent three years growing that beautiful beard and then now you're like, whoa, now you got to shave it off like that. That's not cool. But you're growing it in a, in a, kind of in a quarantine space, maybe if you weren't taking care of it, is it a beautiful thing if you're not taking care of it? If you're not taking care of it, it's not beautiful. I'm sorry. If you can smell your own facial hair, there's an issue. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not, if you're unkempt, then come on, just shave it. I mean, if you're, if you, if you have quaffed it and you manicured it, okay, I can see that. Get a beard net. But if you're just like, you just have this crazy looking Jack Black looking beard, because he, he looks like a crazy man now. Because uh, <laughs> he's just doing his home stuff, but you probably, I think you probably at least need to, at least need to trim it. Yeah. Or, I mean, today, or, or this is also the perfect time to just, you know, raise it to the ground and just start from scratch too. Like if, if you have something that's just unsightly or unkempt or you just haven't screwed with it, I mean, sometimes it's going to get to the point where you just, if you have the ability to grow something in relatively quickly, it's, it might be worth it just to just, just shave it all off and start from scratch. If you're like me, where it takes you know three months to grow something, then obviously I don't want to do that. But be reasonable. But I think it, there's middle ground everywhere. You don't. It doesn't need to be keep all of it or shave it all off. It just you can. There there are ways to work around it. But but the thing about the articles like that is they have to take a stance. They have to put a headline in there to get you to click on it. So <laughs> if you are a beard, yeah, if you're a beard aficionado, you're gonna say I'm not gonna shave my quarantine beard. And then you get to the article and like, oh, they're not telling me I have to do it. They're just saying that maybe there are ways better ways to do it yeah no i think i think peter really hit the nail on the head if, if you've got a, a unkept beer that you haven't moisturizing or doing anything with and it's just like this massive bush you might want to might want to trim it down to something manageable and start you know using product on it well that's exciting not related to space at all but that's okay we'll keep plugging along here so now we're going to talk about uh beer so i picked a space beer elysium space dust it's a space themed beer it's an ipa uh, comes in about 8.2% ABV alcohol by volume. So I imagine it's going to be pretty hoppy, but we'll find out here. That's really nice. I could drink that. Yeah. I'm surprised. Surprising. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but I could if I had to. I was forced. <laughs> <laughs> if you're forced, if you have nothing else to drink. If I had, if it like that versus like Budweiser, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd probably still pick Budweiser. But interesting point of fact, actually. Uh, it's still this, is own, this is owned by Imbev. Imbev, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, circa in the last five years, yeah. So just just off the off the cuff here, um, flavor is really nice. It's not super hoppy. It's not super bittery. It's got mm. some nice, really nice citrus notes in there. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely getting some grapefruit. Grapefruit, yeah, grapefruit. yeah grapefruit. Nice mouthfeel. Eight eight point two, but it doesn't taste. It doesn't like, taste like it. Yeah, it drinks. Kind of yeah, it drinks drinks a lot. Not nicer than that. That's really, really nice. I'm really I almost get apricot. I hate IPAs, but this one is, this one's doable. I'm surprised too, because I think it was a 60, 60, 65 IBUs, and it doesn't drink like that to me. What do you think? What are your thoughts, Jim? 
Yeah, it's it's very well balanced. Uh, I've always had a kind of like this IPA, even though it, it's don't it's not technically craft anymore. It's still it's still well made. But yeah, just getting the, the grapefruit notes on it. it. It finishes very cleanly. Not a lot of aftertaste, which is what you a lot of people want in an IPA. Some people like that lingering taste. I don't. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's 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 not like a normal IPA where I drink it and it just the taste won't go away. It's yeah. like it's there. You get it and it's gone. The balance is great. Like I said, the mouthfeel is great. It's uh, effervescence is, is is spot on. So yeah, this is a I like this. It's IPA a pretty a and it's a pretty color too. It's a pretty color. Could use a little more uh, carbonation in my taste, but pick it up anywhere. It's uh, like I said, it's owned by InBev, so it's widely distributed. Price point usually is around ten to eleven ninety nine for a six pack. You say it's available everywhere. I went to Kroger's and they didn't have it today. Really? Yeah, they, they said they got rid of it like three years ago. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's strange. Okay. That's what I said. All right, so the theme is space. We, we have our beer that's a space theme beer. Um, so I looked up some stuff about beer in space, and so there's a couple cool things I found. One, I guess Budweiser had sent some. Um, yes, saw that. Yeah, you saw that. They had sent. It's not. Was it yeast? Yeast. Uh, you know what? I think it was yeast. To see how a yeast. If you can brew in space, how it, how the weightlessness affects the yeast. I think that was what it was. Yeah, that they did that circa 2011 to the ISS. Budweiser's official stance, you know, who knows, InBev's official stance, they want to be the, the first brewery on Mars. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Uh, but there's been some other smaller companies who, um, who sent some... Uh, maybe hop samples? There. Or maybe, yeah, just, I, I know that... Because, I mean, people want to drink everywhere. And if you're, I mean, if, if I was going to Mars, I would want some beer. I want some alcohol with me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was the yeast, though, because they were talking about the, um, how they were trying to duplicate the soil conditions of Mars here on Earth. And that wouldn't apply to yeast. It would apply to whatever you're trying to grow in the Martian soil. So I, I yeah, think they were talking about hops. But I, I still think that there was a yeast thing because they wanted to see what weightlessness did the yeast. But you could be, I mean, they could have done both. Yeah, because they're they're talking about doing like a genetic analysis of that, but then but they were also specifically mentioned the soil conditions that they were trying to recreate here. So I, I think that was for the hops. Mm-hmm. That could be the hops. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the the brewer's yeast is Ninkasi Brewing Company, and they put their brewer's yeast into outer space, uh, and they've been making beer with that yeast. Uh, it's out in the West Coast. It's called Ground Control Beer. So. I, try to, I actually try to hunt down some, but they do not have it on the East Coast, unfortunately. There's a company uh, that is making beer bottles, which you can drink beer out of uh, zero G. What? So, <laughs> yeah. And I guess the, the big push there is um, there is going to be space tourism, right? In, yeah, in oh, yeah. Near future. Well, and so you might yeah. want to have a beer uh, or another drink while you're up there. So how do you do that? Oh, well, you need some kind of you know, uh, vessel suck from a nozzle, <laughs> suck from a nozzle. And literally that's, what's going to have to be right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have this, this is a four pines brewery uh, that they make these bottles and they're, they're really slick. They look like, I don't even know how you describe it, what they look like. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's like a, pl- like a plastic overlay. It's still bottle shaped, but it's like a tumbler almost, but the tumbler is bottle shaped and there's like different, uh, compartments inside of it so the bottom is a cup for the earth quote-unquote earthbound folk which has like it's like a gold bottom and then i don't they actually didn't really a bond get, villain gold bottom yeah there you are yeah i, I was want my girl to be my bond girl yeah 
<laughs> Miss Goldbottom. Miss Goldbottom, get you in here. So it's got a wicking insert to allow a beer to flow in zero gravity. There you are. Mm. Which I I don't know about y'all, but drinking out of a straw is not awesome for beer. But if I was in space, I'd do what I have to do. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem optimal, but suboptimal. But Mars has gravity, so you could it wouldn't flow as fast because the gravity is less than Earth. But I mean, you still have gravity, so you could still technically pour a beer in, in on Mars, just not in space. Yeah, no, there's not going to be a problem pouring on Mars. It's going to be the shitty ground quality and the soil contaminants are going to be the problem for the breaking beer mm-hmm. on Mars. But uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. I didn't really expect to go and find, you know, beer bottles designed to be used in space when I initially started looking for it. So I thought that was pretty fun. All right. So I think that's going to round out our beer portion. Irish Giant doesn't hate it. Jim likes it. I approve as well. Yep. If you like IPAs, you're going to like this beer. Irish Giant gives it two, man. Two, two meh. Give <laughs> you a meh. The meh rating scale. What yeah, is your? Yeah, what is your? How high does your meh rating go to, though? I mean, I can go. I can. I, okay, I can just do the totally uninterested, which is not even a meh. It's like the meh, but with the M gone. It's just eh. And then the next step up from that would be meh. And then I guess meh. It was like a hopeful, optimistic meh. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's it's a a three meh scale. Yeah, there's, audio d- yeah, there's, 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 legit. yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's, eh, and then there's meh, and then there's meh, and I'm gonna give this one two meh. Okay, well, there you are, straight from my assurance mouth into your ears. All right, guys, we're gonna now going to go into the bourbon portion of the show today. We're actually going to sample something, which is fun. Uh, we've not been able to do that the last couple episodes because of the quarantine issue, but we've uh, we now have some samples. To share amongst ourselves separately in our own homes. So we're yes, thank you, Greg, for getting those out to us. Yeah. Uh, so today is John J. Bowman. It is a Virginia Virginia uh, straight bourbon whiskey. It's a single barrel. It clocks in at a hundred proof, so it's fifty percent alcohol or, or uh, you know cast strength, however you want to phrase it, whatever marketing term you want. This stuff's pretty cool. Just as a little backstory, not backstory of the bottle per se. Um, I I served this to you guys, or it was a three years, 2017 version of it at my wedding. Um, when we were at the Grimsman, we had hmm. a couple different uh, really awesome yeah, bourbons. That's right. And this was one of them. So I was really excited to, to find, not find it, it's always here in Virginia. Is it the same bottle? No, no, the, well, not the same bottle, unfortunately. It's a different batch. But uh, yeah. And this, uh, this, this year, and I don't want to give two things, well, not to, to prime you guys to have a particular opinion, but uh it won some awards this year for like best bourbon uh in the u.s this not this batch but the 2020 version of it so it's pretty exciting we're gonna do this here so let me pour myself a little little glass of it here so i am going to have my neat to start with and i'm probably going to put an ice cube in it because it is it's got pretty pretty high alcohol content but it's got a really really pretty color like yeah 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 and i'm not i'm not gonna lie like i've already got my nose in this thing and it's just like Honey and apricots. That's what I get. I get some spice, a little bit of alcohol, a lot of sugar, fruit floral. Not floral. Yeah, I'm definitely getting some fruit on that. Which I guess is that apricot you're talking about, Pete. Yep. Yeah. And then Pete. Pete as in Pete, not Pete as in me. Pete as in Pete. It doesn't Pete. smell like it doesn't smell like a Jewish guy. It smells like Pete. Like like bog. Yes. Yeah. P E E T. Yeah. It's a it's an NAS, so it's non-age specific. They don't, they source barrels from other groups. So 
supposedly this is so it's blended then no it's single it's single they've so they bring in the barrels and house them in fredericksburg virginia or thereabouts in fredericksburg um and do its own aging process there for a little bit mm. and supposedly this is buffalo trace is where they source it from but you don't really okay. say so wow. wow yeah okay yeah pete definitely i get pete it burns a little bit more than i thought it would see i was thinking the exact opposite like uh, on the front no burn at all going down in the, in the chest and the cockles it warms you up but i get the it's very taste. smooth i do but it's it's very smooth it's a it lot is very smooth i'm I, not saying it's not it's it's just but yeah. it's just the alcohol comes in kind of hot a little bit yeah it's a little hot i think you get more of the burn in the chest not in the mouth is that what you were saying no i'm, I'm getting it right away actually really to be honest yeah Huh. Maybe the type of glass I'm using, but I'm. Just and you cut yours or no? No, I didn't cut it. Okay. Well, yeah, because I'm looking at yours. You've got—is that like a little aperitif glass? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's a little bit more fluted, so it's it's had a chance to because it's been sitting out for like ten or fifteen minutes. But Maybe it's not an uncomfortable burn. No, I'm not. No, it's beautiful. It's not. I'm not. I'm not like because like I'm keep reaching for it back because I'm like I'm not I'm not 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 enjoying it. Yeah, I, I am a fan of it, to say the least. This comes in about 50 bucks, I believe, for some okay. Well, there's multiple ones. I know there's, they have a few, when I worked in the industry, I, I saw a couple different, because they actually were, uh, for ABC, they were a proprietary brand for them for a minute, because they were the only ones that could sell it in Florida for a moment. I think that may have changed now, but they had at least two or three, like there's the one that you had, which I think it was more expensive ones, but there's like a lower tier one that, Right, there's a there's a small batch, and then there's also a port finished port cast mm. finished. Yeah, and actually, this is this is they top out here at this price point. I think it's it's a good value. I mean, it's got nice flavor, it's got nice character. Um, I think the it's a little it comes a little hot, honestly, in the alcohol burn. I don't know. I mean, I, I disagree. I think I for me personally, um, especially if you're to cut it or throw some ice. You said you did throw ice in yours, Greg. Oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, I just put a <laughs> I just put a cube in it. Wow, yeah, you did. Uh, no, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, my glass is a little thin. I can I couldn't put ice cube in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. No, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's 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 great. I mean, I I could just sit there and sip on this, and it doesn't. It, it's it's quote unquote worth the burn, if that makes any sense. It's mm-hmm. not like it's it's like it doesn't make me recoil. It's just you know it's me neither. there. Yeah. But again, it just when it hits, I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, then and then I drink another sip of it. So I guess I'm the only one who uh, who put ice in theirs. It, it maybe it dilutes it a little bit too much, honestly. So I think. Neat. Well, yeah, you do have a boulder in your glass right now. For you know, everybody can actually see. It's actually a, it's well, a huge. Is it is it one ice or is it multiple? No, it's a giant cube. It's a single. Okay, yeah. all right. I couldn't quite quite tell, but yeah, they have the whole. Because I've got okay, nice. Because I've got one of those sphere ice things. I, I I need to remember to use it. But you put the water in it, and you put it in the freezer, and it makes that perfect sphere. Yeah. Of uh, ice. Yeah, I would probably do uh, if I was going to drink it again. Well, when I drink it again, I should say uh, <laughs> a couple drops of water, probably just to bring it down just the hair, uh, mm-hmm. and then then just nothing else besides the the sweet sweet bourbon. Well, yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for providing this and yeah. uh, expanding my palate. I will definitely add this to my repertoire. Nice. All right. So I got a couple other things for us to talk about uh, today about whiskey. So I joined a bourbon group where they talk about bourbons and whatnot. So because we, we do a show with about bourbon. So I figured that'd be good. I'm in one too. Yep. And I came across something I'd never heard of called an infinity bottle. But basically an infinity bottle is, is you take an empty bottle of bourbon, or I guess you could just use, uh, what do you call it? A uh, 
Decanter? Decanter, yeah, which is almost useless to start with. Or, but, you know, you take a decanter and you take an ounce to two ounces of all of your bourbons and you put it in there. And then so you, you're basically being your own master blender. And it's supposed to be like this like living kind of bourbon that changes with what you're putting into it, right? And what you're taking out. So you put some in, you take some out. And then the, the important part is to document it. You know, I guess you can do it however you want, but the fun part for people who like stuff like that is you document it and you can see how it changes over time. Wait, so this is, this is like, like an app or it's. No, no, this is something you do uh, at your house for your own collection. Right. So when you get down to the, basically when you get down to the end of the bottle, you know, like, oh, I can have this last little bit of it, or I can just pour it into my affinity bottle. So that's, that's what the, what it comes from. So it's like, it's like a bar mat suicide of your whiskeys is what I'm getting. Not quite because you're actually taking the time to you and you're if you are uh, a whiskey nerd then you were recording it on a like a pad or like i added this here on this date and maybe you're recording what it tastes like and then uh but you're doing it scientifically ish so it's not just a bar mat of whatever liquor and stuff that's put that gets emptied at the end i don't know it just sounds like you're trying to make a cluster fuck but you're trying to tease that's what i thought at first too. tease it apart and i, I don't know i mean I, i'm down for yeah. it i'm down for anything but it's just i don't know i don't know if i would do it myself just because Maybe i like knowing what i'm drinking that. well yeah yeah that and like uh i like knowing what i'm drinking and I'm not sure that by uh, I if I mix something that I don't like, I'm like, great, I just wasted all this, not all this, but I just wasted this whiskey I could have made a drink out of. See now, here's the, here's the here's the twist that would make it interesting or compelling for me to do is you you know you do these blends or whatever. Jay Beaverton does his blends. Greg does his blends. And if you were to do all that and then give it to somebody else, like if we were to all do our own blends and then give it to somebody else to try, that might be worth it because. Hmm. I think that would be just because you're going into it completely blind instead. And then you can take, and then you can make your tasting notes to me that that sounds a little bit more adventurous yeah. because otherwise you're going in with all these preconceived notions of like, well, I know that whiskey X, Y, and Z are, are in this blend. And I'm going to try and, you know, Oh, do I detect this from, from whiskey A and do I detect this from whiskey B? And then, but if you just give somebody else the blend and don't necessarily, Tell them what's in it. Let them try it. Let them take their own little notes. I, I don't know. I just think that sounds a little more, a little more interesting yeah. and and unbiased. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Uh, that's that's kind of half the point. So the first point is you make it for yourself. It's a collection of a journal. It's your whiskey journal, or your bourbon journal of all the things you've had, and you, you you marry them together. But then when your friends come over, you can be like, hey, you know, would you like to have this thing I made? And that's that's the cool part for me. So now you know when guys come to the house, I can crack it open and say, this is what it is now. You know, I mean, would you like to taste it? And it's it's a very it's a, it's a more personal thing, just as you're saying, Peter. It's, yeah. it's a kind of a more personal touch. I thought it was cool. I think it was a neat article. Yeah, I wasn't trying to poo poo on anything you're saying. I'm sorry, but I will say I will poo poo on it for a minute. Uh, there are people <laughs> that are there are people that are they're like of maybe an older generation that love their labels, and they will be damned if they're going to put a labeled bourbon that they that they love into a decanter which they think maybe already ruins it because it takes it out of the bottle and then add another whiskey to it that might take away the flavor. Because there are dudes that I, that I know that they would see this and say, oh, that's a stupid idea. Why would you, why would you, you're ruining your bourbon. Yeah, yeah, hipster kids, you get off my lawn. And, yeah, but and it's, it's, like, it's, that was my first reaction to it. I'm like, I'm not going to put my labeled bourbon in this. 
if it's the dredges of a bottle anyway, then you know what the hell difference is it? But it's still you know? if it's okay. So would you put a Blanton's? Would you mix Blanton? If you had a little bit of Blanton's left, would you put a Blanton's in there? I would absolutely. You would. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I would. Sure the, I would. I would squeeze that bottle into the last glass that I that I well, had. Well, I mean, if, if you're at the point where you're able to or willing to pay the money for Blanton's, then you know, go ahead. You know, spend. You know, take the dredges, mix it with something else, and buy another bottle. Because, you know, you're pimp like that. You're OG like that. Well, the good news for you two is uh, I've created an affinity bottle. It's uh, all the whiskeys that we have um, going forward because I just found out about it, right? So, but for the next, you know, however many shows we do, uh, I'm going to save a little bit our beards, brews, and bourbon affinity bottle. And then next time we meet mm. up, and when there's a little bit in there, it's, not, it's only a couple ounces right now, but. Uh, oh, wow. That, that's. That's like when you take the the five gallon water jug and you throw your pennies and loose change into it, and then like at the end of the year you've got an impressive amount. But yeah. in this case, it's alcohol, and everybody has to drop off their keys into the hat because you can't go anywhere after we drink this. Well, I, I'm trying to, I am being methodical in what I put in there, right? So it's not everything we're going to put, we're going to taste because we have some questionable, less, <laughs> yeah, you know, some twenty dollar bottles which after could be shave, bad, yeah. but um, but it's going to be curated. But I do have a very old Barton's bottle, which is like a 1.75 liter bottle. And I put a giant label on it. And I started, I was like, I'm gonna call you Trogdor. Cause I was like thinking home should I run at the time. But then I was like, why did I call you Grogdor? Cause Grog, mm. yeah. So we now have, I have a Grogdor bottle that's gonna be pretty gnarly. I imagine it's gonna be really horrible. Continuing on for a space theme story. I found a, a, a zero G cup. Uh, going back to space tourism, when, when you have all your hundreds of millions of dollars and you, you're a space tourist and you go up in space and experience zero G, you might want a cocktail. Well, how are you going to drink your cocktail without you know, it flying in your face? You're, you're very expensive rampant uh, Van Winkle there, right? Mm. So they've created a plexiglass, or it's a plastic cup that relies on like capillaries. Which is something like Leonardo da Vinci had figured out back in the day. It's how plants move liquid within themselves. Oh, capillary yeah. action, yes. capillary, yeah, capillary action. But it's a, it's basically, it's a giant. It's not a giant. It's a hand-sized sippy cup for adults that have their beer or bourbon. So what you're saying is like I can take my toddler's sippy cup and use it for this? Uh, no, I think it probably drinks the same. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I'll post a link of that, the beer, and everything we've talked about in the show up on our Facebook cool. account later. All right, everybody. Uh, I think that's going to do it for our show. Again, thanks for listening to us, listening to us drink alcohol and talk about it and talk about uh, our favorite things in life, beards, brews, and bourbons. Uh, I am your host, Greg Scott, and with me are my two co-hosts. Jay Beaverton. And the Irish Giant. That's right. And you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on our website. And here are what they are. It's our website's bbbpodcast.net. Our Twitter feed is at Bourbon Beards. And our Facebook is, you know, Beards, Brews, and Bourbons podcast. So come check us out. Come interact with us. We, we, we interact back, sort of. At us, bro. And again, if you stay tuned to the end, we're going to have the silent B, which is where we talk about something interesting and maybe space related. Oh, my. Okay. Thanks for continuing to listen. Now we're on the silent B. This is where we talk about all the crazy things or not crazy things we want to talk about that aren't necessarily beer, brews, and bourbon related. Oftentimes it's, well, probably are. A lot of times it's uh, science, sci-fi, nerd stuff, culture, whatever. We continue on with our space theme. What do you guys think about the commercial? Basically people pay an exorbitant amount of money to go into space.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're at the point right now where commercial airlines started sprouting up in like the thirties where, you know, just, it became for the mega rich and then it became, you know, mm. more affordable for the everyday person. I mean, you know, the next, yeah, I mean like, you know, the next 20 or 30 years, is it going to be more affordable for the everyday person? Yes. Is it going to be the full 2001 space odyssey experience? No, I, I mean, it's going to have to be baby steps. So lower orbit, you know, maybe do a couple, you know, orbits around the actual earth, maybe, you know, move further out, stuff like that. But I don't think it's going to be like the full living on a space station experience mm. and stuff like that, uh, you know, other than for like the mega rich for, for yeah. quite a while. From what I was seeing Branson was doing, it, it looks a lot like the old school space shuttle or like not, not like, not quite that it, in a similar vein, like, but like the, the futuristic space shuttles where you still have like the row of seats in the middle and with the seat because you need seat belts and you wouldn't be piloting the actual craft. You had pilots that would do that, but you can yeah. like at some point unbuckle yourself and enjoy weightlessness and then, Oh, return to your seats. We're going back down. And so it'd be like a commercial flight. Space. Yeah. No smoking, you know, trays in their upright and locked position, cramps, <laughs> cramp space, you know, stuff like that. But you're still in space. But you're in space. Exactly. Yeah. I just well, want I think- to, I just want to experience weightlessness. I think that would be awesome. Well, you can always go on the vomit comet if you have enough money or part That's of the military. That's true, yeah. You know, 30 that seconds. That kind of cool, though. The, the, the vomit comet was kind of cool. Was it Elon Musk has, uh, for SpaceX, he sold the first couple seats, I believe, for his, um, like, the first flights around the world that are going to be for tourism to, uh, like, a Japanese billionaire? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember his name. It's loading me right the second. I mean, if I had unlimited money, I'd, I'd do it. Uh, however, I don't know if I, because they're picking the, which is not really tourism, but people are training to live on Mars. I don't think I'd go that far. I think I just... You don't want the one-way ticket to Mars where they're like, there's no way back. You might die. Yeah. Uh, You're on Mars. It it depends. Like, if if it was one of the things where... If it was, okay, um, it's a one-way ticket. You may or may not be able to live for quite a while. And basically, we're using you as guinea pigs, but we will set you up for life and your family up for life, you know, financially. They said that? No, I'm saying no. if there was, if there was something oh, if. like that, okay. yeah, I, would yeah, be I, more inc- I would be more inclined to, to do it. I don't want my family to pay taxes ever again. Exactly. <laughs> Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. I'm going to circle back, Jim, to your, uh, you're talking about Howard Hughes there, mm. with, uh, aircraft. And then I'm like billionaire or equivalent of a billionaire, Howard Hughes. Elon Musk is kind of getting crazy. Mm-hmm. Is he, he going to go the Howard Hughes route? You know, he could. I you know what he could do it. I'm seeing him like on, I follow him on Twitter, and he's he's got the resources. Yeah, but he's also kind of leaning towards uh, I'm so great. Um, I'm the only voice I can listen to mm. type of thing. And I'm just like, okay, don't go off the rails here, buddy. I mean, yeah. I don't think he would lock himself in a, <clears throat> in a studio. And grow his fingernails long and start collecting his own urine. But I think he would <laughs> kind of enclose himself in um, parallel. If anybody's seen Prometheus, the guy who invented that robot who went to space to find those people to extend his life, maybe that, where he'd maybe build this whole company to try to make himself live longer and try to maybe take a more like a Bond villain. I could see Elon Musk becoming as he yeah. gets more and more uh, uh, self absorbed and crazy. Started, started out Tony Stark, ends up, you know, a Bond villain. 
Yeah, ends up yeah, like uh, like the guy from Moonraker. <laughs> trying to genetically genetically uh, uh, breed people with breeding programs or something on a space station. Yeah. So yeah, I could see Elon Musk going that route. But yeah, it's a uh, brave new world we're we're looking at. But sort of going back to what Irish Giant said, like they mentioned the aviator because he Howard Hughes did see that the the, the populace was ready to do to ride on jets. Put the egos aside for a minute. Ideas like that that are generated by people like Branson and, and Elon Musk and other people that have that intelligence quotient, that's, that's good for the future that we can kind of look to that and uh, just use technology and make things better because we could use some, some improvement. Yeah. Yeah. We could use some improvement. You know? Yeah. We're good. So, we're good. We're good where we are. We're good. We're good where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you guys see all the Facebook memes and then the Twitter memes, but you know. Oh, I see them. See them. Hell, I create them. If I, if I had exhort, you know, the funds to pay for, even if it's like a 60 second ride, uh, I wouldn't do it like the, like that one space tourist who um, who actually took a trip to the ISS. Yeah, like like if I was an astronaut up there, I'd be like, I don't want this fucking guy up here. It's just like we're up here doing real scientific research, and this jagoff gets to like come up here, mm. and just because he's he's rich, you know, and he's got resources, I had to bust my ass and get my PhD and have military service and all this stuff and and apply and be picked out of hundreds and hundreds of candidates, but this fucker gets to just pop up here because he's got money. You is know, that, I mean, that's... Is that any different than putting your name on on uh, stadiums, you know? Like, this is the Doritos Bowl. In that case, then, they're not just putting their names on it. Like, they're, they're funding it, you know, or they're renovating it or something like that. So it's not just putting your name on something just to put your name on something. I would like to see one more topic to finish it out. And... Not topic, but end cap. We're talking Mars. Capsules instead of shuttles. They've gone back to the Dragon is basically just a huge capsule. Yeah, so, but, but but so much more of the whole system is reusable than the space shuttle. Like, you know, yeah, yeah the solid rocket boosters, you know, but the main tank, they didn't reuse that. That burned up. Well, the boosters, they did. The the, the main fuel tank, they didn't. No, they never reused the boosters. They're single oh, they did. Huh. Not that I'm aware of the the main tank. No, the 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 boosters. The two the, the two white the, solid boosters on the side. I thought they were reusable. Those, those were reusable. Yes, they would splash. No. Yeah, they splashed down and they. Yes. I thought they did. They splashed down and then they ferried. They got them out out of the seawater, the ocean, and then re redid them, reused them. I highly doubt that. I could be totally off my rocker. Here, well, I have to look it up. But I thought I, heard, I thought because I, I was a, I've been a space shuttle fan. Well, I've been a space program since I was a kid because my dad was really into it. Yeah, I just asked my wife, and she met Story Musgrave, so she knows. So she's qualified. She agrees. Yeah, the, the two SRBs on the side—that—that's what us in the business call them. You know, SRBs in the business. Yeah, um, yeah, those are reusable. Back to well, back to my original idea. I think when people think capsule, they think Apollo thirteen. They think small. They think switches. They think old technology. Even though the old technology was reliable, they don't see the. Because I remember when. The shuttle program was discontinued. They're like, oh, we have to go back to capsules? That's not, that's a step backwards. No, it's not because these capsules are, are new and it's not, it's not Apollo 13. It's all, it's all light up dials and it's, it's a lot more user-friendly now than it was back in the 60s. 70s. Yeah, I could probably fly that fucking thing myself, you know? Totally user-friendly. Don't think there's a lot of flying going on there. You get on a giant rocket, shoots you up. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in space you have- It's all computer space, controlled. Right? Like they're not actually fucking controlled. flying that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My wife and I watched the launch and watched the dock. With the ISS, it was, it was pretty, pretty intense. It was pretty amazing to watch. 
dropped. It was all, I'm pretty sure it was all in auto control though. They did test out the boosters, not the boosters, sorry. They did test out the uh, flight controls and so they could have manual maneuverment, but it was pretty sure it was all auto automated. And Peter, you're right. They, the SRBs were reusable. Damn I don't right. remember them. Boom, son. Yeah. Well, because they would fall away, and then that's, that's it. They would just, you know, okay, go on, do your thing, and then they would just keep the Well, they had the VAB, so the VAB, you can bring them in back to the VAB and just yeah. re- do whatever you had to do to to, to revamp them. So. Yep. Yeah, but I'm, I'm watching the Falcon 9s fly down automated and land on, uh, of course, I still love you. Right, the automated drone ship. Now that's recent tech. That's so. But that's so. That's so recent technology, though. That didn't exist ten years ago. Right, right. So I'm watching. Was around. It. I'm watching Sorry. that, and then I'm remembering because we're all from. You know, we all grew up in Florida, so I'm sure we all went to launches and we all maybe not had the space camp experience, but we saw some of it and been to saw Kennedy the really, Space Center a few times. Yeah, visited the Kennedy Space Center, watched a really horrible movie, Space Camp, circa 1986. I'm imagining a giant rocket, solid booster, which means it just has a pilot and then turn it on, it goes, there's no off switch. And then it falls back down to the ocean. I have a hard time imagining how they were using it. So maybe they did. I guess apparently they did. I just can't well, imagine. The boosters were one solid thing. There was no, because like the original Saturn was segments. It had the, the stages. The boosters didn't have that. The boosters were just the rockets. It's, it is just a base rocket that would fall back to the earth and then you just take the whole thing in whole bring it back to the VAB, clean it up, refuel it, or not refuel it, but just uh, repair sure all the, the damage of the seawater and the smack. But they were sturdy, st- but they were sturdy boosters. The, yeah. the only yeah. problem was with the original Challenger accident was the one O-ring, O-ring because of the cold. And they should have probably checked that. But and then the Columbia disaster was the shuttle itself broke up, not the boosters. So there was only really one booster problem that they had technically. So so yeah, so I can still see why they would reuse them to not have to, because I mean limited funding. I mean they did, and that's why SpaceX is so po- is is in the is in the game now because it's it's a private company with private dollars, so they can they can blow however much money they want on the space program and and get it done. Sure, private dollars, but they're still funding. So NASA's still paying them at the end of the day. Well, they're, like, it's well, a NASA's, service contract, right? Yeah. We need something gone. To, we need. We need you to be a space trucker and move something from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and we'll pay you X amount of dollars. The biggest, yeah. the biggest shift actually is the is how they do their contracts. And so there's a cost plus contract and there's a fixed cost, uh, fixed contract, fixed cost contract. I can talk here. And what all these, you know, the Boeing's and the Lockheed's and the Raytheon's and everyone else who works for the military, they're all on these cost plus, which basically means they have a job. They're going to get paid X number of dollars. And then anything that goes beyond that, they're going to add on to it. So, oh, we're behind schedule. We're going to keep adding. We're going to have to keep paying us. We're behind schedule. And so that's why all these giant projects are, I'm not saying why they're always behind, but there's not mm-hmm. a ton of incentive for these companies to like get this stuff done as fast and as accurately as possible. SpaceX and, all, and these new commercial programs are kind of neat because they're, they're fixed costs, right? And so here's your $100 million. That's all you're gonna get, and if you're if you're under, uh, you get if you come under, you get to keep the money. Good for you. If you go over, well, you're still gonna give us this product. We're not gonna give you another dime. Right. So that's that's the in my mind that's the biggest and best transition. That right. But then, but then again, SpaceX still has the, their own private funds to develop the technology to get it done, which yeah. NASA didn't because they had to rely on tax dollars and people there that 
small segment of, well, not maybe not so small, but the segment of populace is why we need to fund NASA. We have other problems we need to fix. I'm like, well, we can work on those other problems, still explore space. No, I agree with that. I mean, the budget for NASA is less than a fraction. It's not, it's not even 1% of the GDP. It's, it's like, I don't know, not number off the top of my head, but it's like, it's less than a percent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you just have to realize that we, between now and 2063 is first contact. So we just, we need to get our shit together. That, that's, you know. <laughs> you see the update for Picard? They're going to have full frontal nudity. What? what? They're going to have more language and, there's, and someone's going to say the C word. Oh man! No. Now, if if, if no. they give Patrick Stewart to do full Come frontal, I want to see Patrick Stewart full frontal. Wow, that's what I want. I'll see. never get Joe. Yes. Who doesn't oh, want to see? Who doesn't want to see that? Joe. Oh, <laughs> right, guys. I think that's going to do it for the Silent B. It was a Woo. interesting walk all around space. Maybe a little Star Trek. Maybe back to space. Other commentary in there. It was a wild ride. It's a wild ride, indeed. like a space ride. Strap yourself to a booster rocket and just uh, hang on for the ride. You know. Again, thanks for listening to the show. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We are Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. And I'm your host, Craig Scott. And with me, we're going to close out. Who do I have? Jay Beaverton. And the Irish Giant. And we appreciate you listening.